Let's get into it. Hello, confidant, my beautiful, smart, self-care, uh, introspective, always believing in therapy, confidants. Welcome to another episode of Confidently Insecure, the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. And this is one I am so excited about. This is a subject I personally don't have a lot of experience or knowledge about except for like scrolling through TikTok for many, many hours uh, a night. Um, even in my book about mental health, I decided not to touch too much onto it because it's such an unknown topic, which is why I'm so excited to bring our expert guest in today. She holds an MFT in clinical psycho social. That's not true. That's not a real sentence psychology from Pepperdine University Katie Morton is super well known for you guys know her all over the internet with over a million subscribers over 80 million views to toot that horn bitch in mental health we love to see it uh you've been all over uh good day LA you've been in glamour UK you won a shorty award you were a streamies nominee last year and your first book are you okay a guide to caring for your mental health was amazing I loved it and now she's here because y'all confidants she is about to release her second book traumatized identify understand and cope with ptsd and emotional stress which you can pre-order now but it will be coming out in just a couple weeks and if you're watching this on youtube.com slash kelsey dara you just got to see our lovely guest katie morton hold up her book hi katie thanks so much for being here yes thanks for having me yay oh, you gotta hold up that book cover again because baby i know she's so pretty tell me why you chose that book cover for a book called traumatized <laughs> <laughs> i first of all I love, I've always loved like oranges, reds, like bright colors. That's just my aesthetic. I don't know why. Um, maybe because they're like, I don't know. It's a very emotional color to Triggering, me. It's like very yeah. powerful, right? Passionate. And so mm -hmm. when it came to trauma, I definitely think of it as, and I know that people are like, well, this doesn't sound very hopeful, but it gets better. But I think of it as like an explosion in our mm. life. And we don't often know just how much is going to affect us. And I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like it. it's like, it, it's an explosion it's hopeful a little bit like the center is kind yeah. of dark but around it are these yeah. beautiful bright colors and it makes me feel safe even though the subject matter might be um scary to some people so yeah. i'm so excited to be here i've been watching your content for so long i mean a lot of people might know you from the Shane Dawson series. I saw you way earlier in like the YouTube space. You kind of are the YouTuber like mental health staple expert to, <laughs> to so many of us. And so to take on this subject like trauma, I feel like is very now. I feel like people are finally becoming aware of trauma the same way we're finally recognizing all these other, you know, beautiful mental health, um, I don't want to say disorders, ho however you want to call it. Um, and it seems so now. Does that uh, resonate with you? 100%. I, and I, I don't really 100% know why, <laughs> but I think uh, COVID was a shared trauma. Mm. And I know that a lot of people might think, oh, you're being dramatic, but <laughs> it, was oh. it was scary. We didn't know, like the main basis for trauma, a lot of people are like, well, how do I know if I've been traumatized? Which there's a whole chapter on it in go. this book because I feel like it's really important for people to know. It's just chapter two, so we get right into it. Yeah. But um, the real way that we define it or the way that we categorize trauma is did you fear for your life or the life of someone else? And I Ooh. think we could say that COVID was scary to all of us. And I still, mm. I'm sure everybody thinks this way, but like, I still think back to like the day before lockdown in LA and my husband and I were like, I guess we should fill up the car with gas. And like, what do you like? <laughs> I don't Go even get know. some snacks or something. I don't know. Right. We didn't even know what to do. And I had to film, finish filming this like YouTube original sleeping with friends that I was part of. And I was like, do I go? Am I going to get sick? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was so weird. And to think that it's, we're over a year and a half out of it and it's still oh affecting God, us is just yeah. fucking wild. And I would and never have thought and where to see where how it's going to affect us for so many years after i mean you're going to be employed for a long time girl is all <laughs> i can say um but you, you did you start writing the book prior to covid yes 
And we, we actually, so people who don't know the book process, like when it's a nonfiction book, you like sell the idea and then they're like, now you have to create this thing that you said you wanted to create. Mm -hmm. And so I had already sold it in October of 2019 to my amazing. same editor as Are You yeah. Okay? Because Dan is amazing. We love him. Hi, Dan. But, <laughs> I know. Hi, Dan. But then um, we had to rework it completely. So when I had put it together, it was supposed to be 10 chapters and it was, you know, it was very thorough, but now it's 15. Wow. And we had to include like the first the first chapter in the book is just all about shared trauma and the trauma wow. of social media and how connected we are and, you know, including things about the BLM movement and mm. also some Antifa riots people saw and just things that were scary that have happened mm. to us in the last year and a half. Yeah. And I love that. Like I said, I love that it's so now and it's so current because it takes a while to, I feel like, to come out of something traumatizing and accept that there was some fucked up shit that happened. And that process does take a while because we're so invalidated by society, people in our lives, uh, toxic people. Like, I'm imagining how much you did have to add with what was going mm -hmm. on in the world. Were you just like, were you traumatized trying to keep up with? making sure trauma was represented wholly <laughs> kind of i mean i definitely i had a tough time even now like my uh i'm still struggling i think a lot of us are and mm -hmm. it's almost ironic like you know god's a funny man or whoever you believe mm -hmm. in they're funny yeah. right the universe is funny because when i was writing my first book are you okay i was totally burnt out i definitely mm -hmm. wasn't okay Not i was like okay. overwhelmed with work and everything and then with traumatized because of covid and just i don't know the grief of 2020 slash 2021 is just somewhat overwhelming yeah. and i think it's a weird time like i've said this in many times on my channel and on other people's uh you know channels and stuff is like it's the one time as a therapist that i was going through the same thing Ooh. as my patients and viewers which has never happened in my life wow and as clinicians like as mental health professionals i was talking with a lot of my colleagues about it too and we were all just really overwhelmed and yeah. I've never felt that way before. And, you know, uh, we're people too, obviously. Yeah. But, but yeah, definitely when I was working on traumatized, I, it's like, I had to check myself too. And right. you know, how much do I want to share about my personal experience? I, mm. I always share a lot just to be relatable for people and sure. also let them know I'm human too. Right. Um, but my audience was so forthcoming with their own stories to really bring some things home. You know, what's dissociation? Why does that happen? Um, you know, flashbacks, how do those feel? Mm. All of that, I think, you know, is really intertwined into the entire book just so that right. if you maybe aren't sure or maybe wondering how to help somebody you love who's going through it, like it's all in there. Damn. Yeah, I too released a book during the pandemic that I sold prior to the pandemic and had no clue that in a serendipitous way, I use that word lightly to say like, oh, lucky me. But I was like, oh my God, the world needs this book. And I feel like the exact same, same thing is happening with you where it's like, now we're in that space where we're still not, over it but the maybe the shell shock is okay like we're like okay this is our new normal um and during the pandemic I read um maybe you should talk to someone by Lori Gottlieb who talks a lot about needing therapists for therapists and that yep. therapists are humans too that um should be seen as equals but I think during this time people were like we don't want an equal we don't want like a relatable therapist who's like yeah so we want someone to tell us what the fuck to do <laughs> and when that control gets um th thrown wayside like we when we don't know who to go to I think that that's also a piece of the trauma I noticed developing amongst myself and friends as we were like there's no point in watching the news. It's the same thing said over and over again, a different way. No one in government seems to be fucking agreeing with each other. Like, no, I mean, like, how do you think that this is going to affect people um, as we realize this is our new normal? I mean, I think that we haven't even seen the ripple effects fully. I mean, I know statistically speaking that like relapse rates were up for drug and alcohol abuse. People who have been in recovery really had a tough time and understandably so, right? Yeah. We're trying to cope with this thing that we've never dealt with and we don't really know what to do and we feel mm -hmm. overwhelmed. And like you said, uh, the news is chaos and they're running like a ticker of how many people <laughs> gotten sick. I'm like, this isn't helpful. Helping. Yeah. It, you're making things worse. Mm -hmm. um, and not to mention just nobody agreeing with anybody and feeling so divided as a nation, you know, those of us in the States, but I know the world feels that as well. Right. And yeah, I mean, I really think, I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but there's been a lot of 
a lot more aggression online, in person, people just super mm. irritated and angry. And I think that's mm. one of the first signs of, of what we're going to deal with. Cause really, if we all agree, oh, we've been through a shared trauma. Some of the symptoms of PTSD are things like irritability, hey. hypervigilance, oh. where you're like, ooh, ooh, is somebody going to jump out of the bushes and get me? I don't know. I'm right, really scared. This right. seems overwhelming. Or like always assessing your environment right, for like a threat. Right, right, right. Keeping on edge. Be like anxiety, which you talk about mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm, sure do. It feels so bad. Mm. Uh, yeah, but it's so, yeah. you know, it, it keeps us alive. Right, so, right. Um, but I think we'll see some of those symptoms. And then like lashing out at our loved ones. That's one of the things I know a lot of people who are in relationships with people with PTSD will say like, well, they just fly mm. off the handle so quickly. Um, and then even dissociation, which I don't think people talk about enough. Like, oh, I don't remember how I got home. And it's mm-hmm. not because it was late. And it's not because I was tired in any way. It's just, I just zoned out. Yep. Or like, wait, where'd three hours go? Yep. Don't know. Or days I, or weeks. I talk so much about dis- disassociation and depersonalization in my book because that was my scariest symptom when I first started experiencing panic attacks that like I, I, I the anecdote or the metaphor I use in my book is the Truman show that like I just felt like nothing was real. I wasn't real. Things weren't real. And then I'd have these gaps of time where I don't remember how things went. And it took a long time for me to recognize that it was my brain and body trying to protect me mm-hmm. rather than turn against me. And part of my healing process was like, oh, when this happens, I should be like, hey, body, like, hey, girl, like, mm-hmm. I see what you're doing. I see you, but it's not useful right now and I don't need it. But like, thank you. And like, we'll pack that up for another time. Um, mm-hmm. But I, w- I want to go back to the word trauma specifically, because I think it's worth breaking down, right? Like in society, we believe that trauma is PTSD, that you have to be a soldier, that you have to have gone to war, that you have to have flashbacks, um, stuff that are like our, our, and I'm making air quotes, like crazy grandpa. Like you don't want to scare him the wrong way. Like there's such a stereotype <laughs> to what trauma is that what I'm seeing being broken down a lot on TikTok is like, oh no, no, no. Like there are so many other versions of trauma that we don't give credit to that we don't give like PTSD to. And like, even myself, I went through a a home invasion robbery, uh, in June and I still am going through the process of like something fucked up happened to me. I was violated. And that Mm -hmm. explains a lot of my stress right now and going, this is not who I am normally. This is something that happened to me. So can you break down a little bit about like what trauma can actually be and and recognizing that and giving validity to that? Yeah, definitely. And what a great question and what a great mm. topic because like you said, so often we associate it with things like I was in a huge accident, mm-hmm. plane crash, car crash, something you know crazy like right. that. Or I went to war and mm-hmm. I'm a veteran. Mm-hmm. Initially, PTSD, for those of you who don't know, and I talk about it briefly in the book, is like it comes from the word shell shock, which right. is when they'd return from war, they like weren't the same and people right. didn't understand. And so that's kind of, even though it's very limiting now at the time it was the birth of PTSD and understanding and research. So thank God for our veterans and thank God for people doing the research. We've learned a lot, but now we realize that it's not just what you call like a big T trauma. Like I went to war, Big T. I was in an accident. There's also little T traumas. And one of my uh, really good friends and colleagues, she's a trauma specialist, Dr. Alex Altman. She wrote a, a blurb for the book about these and she describes it like waves. So you could be standing on the shore and a huge tsunami could come and knock you out and pull you away. Mm-hmm. Okay. That'd be a big T trauma. Okay. Yeah. That does happen. And it does cause PTSD. Mm-hmm. However, you can also have these waves that kind of hit you at the waist. Mm-hmm. And it's like, my parents got divorced. Ooh, mm-hmm. I get hit by this wave. And then I'm trying to find my footing. If you've ever been on the beach, you know, your feet kind of like sink in the sand, but yeah. it can like push you and you, you try to yeah. catch your footing. And let's say another wave hits. Oh, I got bullied at school. Mm-hmm. Somebody was mean to me. Ooh, okay. Then let's say we're trying to catch our foot. I got broken up with mm. a, a friend left me or I got into an argument mm-hmm. or I had a close call with something mm-hmm. insert, mm-hmm. you know, um, I've had a lot of patients and viewers tell me like close calls with pregnancy, mm. close call with a, a car accident, close mm. call with, you know, maybe job loss. There's a lot mm. of things that can happen to us yeah. or we had to move a lot as a kid or even yeah. as an adult. Mm. I just moved to Texas and stress It's fucking stressful. Wow. Would not recommend it. you know there's a lot of those things that then when you think of it in the wave analogy if it keeps hitting us we can't keep like i can't get my footing i can't feel okay 
and I'm going to be washed out all the same as I would if it was just one big wave that came and took mm. me. And the effects wow. are just the same. And so I think yeah. instead of thinking of traumas in these big wave only, mm-hmm. think of them as like how much, because your ability to get your footings what's called resilience. Ooh. So it's like your bounce back factor. Like <laughs> how much shit can I take and still be okay? And everybody's right. is different. There's a lot of judgment around like, you know, well, how come so-and-so, especially if you have a sibling, you're like, hey, we grew up in the same environment and I'm like totally fucked up and my brother seems fine. <laughs> like what happened, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Some people are just more resourceful by nature. Some people mm-hmm. will have uh, friends or teachers or other people that they grow up assisting them. So they build this network. Maybe mm-hmm. they're more social. Sure. You know, there's a lot of different reasons we can be more resilient. So there's no judgment there, but some people are able to withstand a few more waves than some of us. Yeah, Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I and I love the analogy of like big T, little T, big wave, little wave, because I'm such a visual person and like to literally attach like an incident in my life to that and see like how much that one knocked me off my feet versus this one, right? Like the robbery, when it happened, I felt like it just tapped my toes and I was like, I'm going to stomp on this. I'm going to fucking take care of it. And I'm going to move in less than two weeks. I'm going to get a new place. I'm going to pack up all my shit, blah, 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 deal with that and not be sleeping at the same time and then I got to the new place and I was like oh this was a much larger tea than I was like allowing myself to experience and I'm doing everything I can that is accessible and affordable to like keep myself healthy mm-hmm. and I think that's a huge thing I'm sure you get asked a bajillion times about like the cost of feeling okay and like the cost of what getting through trauma might be but like are there tangible things I'm I'm hoping also in the book that give trauma less of a a scary um like mountain of money to look at to to get through like we're not all just like lost causes (laughs) (laughs) definitely not lost causes and it is unfortunate I mean it's part of the reason why my channel started was I didn't I never have felt like mental health information should be something behind a paywall like it's Amen. something we all have. So you should be able to access it and at least understand. Oof, um, yes. Cause sometimes we don't know what we don't know. Right. Like so many people don't even know what questions to ask. Cause you're like, well, shit, I don't even understand. Right. Yeah. Or like if, if you're having panic attacks and dissociating, a lot of times you're like, I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Like, I don't have a crazy. word for this going crazy. That's what <laughs> yeah. I call this. Mm-hmm. And so having some language to put to it can ensure that when we do reach out for help, at least we're able to ask for the right help. Right. right. And that's right. a ton of stuff in the book as mm-hmm. well as, takeaways and homework assignments and things you can do at your own pace again no pressure to go fast no pressure to go chapter to chapter you can jump around you know it's Mm -hmm. it definitely builds but let's say you're like i don't really care so much about what ptsd is i want to know what the hell to do now that i feel right you know sure so you can jump in towards the end of the book where it's more about treatment options Um, but there are luckily some silver lining to covid is that price of like the price and access of therapy has it's yes. come down and there's so many people available. Yes. Yes. So resources like uh Talkspace, BetterHelp, yep. or other online therapy options, yep. amazing. Cannot recommend them enough. I know some yep. people are like, "Oh, I didn't find the right therapist." They'll they'll switch, switch you right it. over. I don't Girl, like them. Boom. Yes. N- nothing we got personal. better help on this podcast and literally I'm like, it's like Bumble. You don't like it, you just swipe next. Yeah. <laughs> next. And there's I, as a therapist even in my office, I don't take that personally. No, you you need to feel yeah. connected. It, it's for about you. It's not about me. Nope, you know, right. like when I my th- when I find a therapist I need to be older than me and I like like a hippy dippy old lady with long hair. <laughs> I don't know why. I just prefer I got a it. type. Yeah. I, I found type. my new one is a is a witchy, uh, mm. younger, like a little older than me, but like witchy. And I'm like, yeah. You probably need a little little pushback, a little yes. tough love. A little feminist, like, oh no, 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 no. Like mm-hmm. she she checks me and I love that. Like Yeah, she, you need yeah. that, right? You need to be challenged. Yeah. And so I think looking into those resources, there's also a great resource called Hope for Recovery. It's the number four um online some of it is religious content people are going to go there and be like what the fuck but (laughs) but some of it is and for those who are religious that's fine but there's also groups just trauma-based or eating disorder based they offer free groups to people um and a lot of therapists myself including you know have we've like volunteered or offered our time um, to help out and i think it's just a really great so there's tons of resources what i'm getting at yeah and i think there's also groups on facebook for peer support Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of ways we can access things but also know that when you go to see a professional such as myself, we always work on a sliding scale. 
And that's the terminology terminology you should use is when you yes. go in, just say like, hey, do you work on a sliding scale? Yes. Um, and then come knowing what you can afford and yeah. be honest too, because yeah. I can't tell you how many patients I've had who like, and this is, this isn't judgment. It's just honest conversation. Sure. They'll be like, sit down with like a Burberry purse and a Bentley keychain <laughs> and try to complain to me about uh-huh. my costs. And therapists have to make a living. Right. But we right. don't get into what we do to become millionaires because that's never no. going to happen. No. Um, so we always, I mean, I've seen many patients for like $20 an hour for free for a wow. while while they're getting a new job, a half cost, you know. Wow. So therapists do leave room in their schedule and there's nothing wrong with asking them. But uh-huh. just be honest with yourself too. Because even yeah. for me, like my therapist um, in LA before we moved was $175 a week, Ooh. which is a lot. Yeah. And my, my co-pay with my insurance thing was like 70 something dollars. And I could afford that. Like, okay, I just yeah. won't go out to eat one time extra. Like right. I can, you can budget it, yes. you know, um, you just have to prioritize it, which I know sucks, yeah. but we prioritize other things. Like I'm still, you know, you pay your bills and stuff. And so you got a roof on your head <laughs> mm-hmm. and I get my hair cut, you know, there's things yep. that you do. Mm-hmm. So just consider that and know that there are free resources there are cheaper resources and then also just budgeting it out so that you can do it long term because a lot of people will say well I can afford a few sessions no No. I mean it's not a a lifelong commitment necessarily but (laughs) I mean I've been in and out of therapy since I was 15 so amazing and I'm 37 so it's you're like it's kind of the it's kind of my thing (laughs) it's kind of a thing and I enjoy it and I think it's very beneficial so Mm -hmm. just knowing I think at least as much as you can committing it six months maybe yeah. a year to this budget um, so that you can give it a real go. Sweet coffee dance. Before I go any further, you know, I have a lot of stuff going on in my life right now. I mean, we are dealing with a robbery that just happened. We are moving on a very stressful timeline. I'm two years sober. My birthday is coming up. I'm turning 20, 31. Oh my God, I'm going to 21. Wasteful thinking. Anyways, guys, life could be just like falling and crumbling apart, but it's not. You want to know why? Because I am using better help, baby. That's right. I am going to therapy every week. And best of all, you can be joining me, huh? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It is available for clients worldwide. And they have licensed professionals who deal with issues like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, happy pride, grief, and self-esteem. Sorry, I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> Anything you share is confidential, obvi, VIP, super low, down, no one's going to know. And it's convenient, professional, and most importantly, affordable because y'all know I believe that therapy should be a right not a privilege so I want you to start living your happier life today as a listener you're going to get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com ci join over 1 million people including me taking charge of their mental health again that's betterhelp com slash ci by the way did you know that so many people have been using better help that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states ha is there, excuse me, is there treatment specialized for trauma that maybe doesn't apply to your, I don't want to say like regular old run of the mill anxiety, depression, panic, which like I joke because that's, those are my um, big three. Uh, <laughs> like I'm very much right now looking into like the ketamine therapies mm, and mm-hmm. um, I'm doing a journey right now on TikTok while they keep banning me and taking the videos down. but that currently getting off all my mental health medication and nerve medication to microdose and try and find um something better for chronic pain than Mm -hmm. what I've been currently going through Mm -hmm. um and super super interested in the ketamine therapies and Mm -hmm. I don't go as far like I need my my like extreme treatments to be still uh contained like I don't want to go to ayahuasca in the middle of the forest and like shit my brains out and like relive all my trauma I would much rather be like in a nice chair in like West <laughs> in Hollywood. An office in a safe yeah. location. Yes. Like are there treatments that you can talk about that are specialized for more um, like intense uh, trauma related PTSD or stress? Yeah, there's a bunch of different things that are currently doing research on um, one is psilocybin, which for people who don't know, that's like the it's what makes ma- what what makes magic mushrooms so magical. Yeah. Um, but just like we've learned about, you know, marijuana as it's become legal and you can find things with different levels of THC, CBD, and I'm not going to get into all the CBNs. God. There's so yeah. much to it and I don't fully understand it. 
but just like that in california specifically i think it's california and colorado they're doing studies um even my good friend dr alexa altman who's a trauma specialist is part of one of those studies for psilocybin (gasps) and its uses in trauma because (gasps) they find if they can give you just the right amount there's something about the for lack of a better term the trip that you Uh go on that helps you see things more clearly and heal and so they find that it so far yeah they find that it is another option for those of us who maybe cannot stop dissociating enough Mm -hmm. to process because if you are dissociated uh trauma treatment doesn't work because your brain isn't it doesn't have a chance to process it's like i'm out of here wow the weather is getting warmer so it is time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees i wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune luckily i found quince now that i've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortless effortless less yeah effortlessly chic year after year like uh, premium european linen dresses blouses and shorts from 30 doll hairs washable silk tops timeless 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more the best part all quince items are priced 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands i can confirm this i'm actually wearing quince pants <gasps> right now you are they are so they're they're loose they're breezy these babies have a button a fly drawstring and elastic in the band so i can like i can dress them up i can dress them down yes they are they're the perfect pant for summer and i'm really comfortable as hell in them honestly i am wearing the quince 14 karat gold earring loop right now i know i think it's so cute it does not tarnish it is so comfy and i have sensitive ears so i'm really loving this for my body so get warm weather ready with quince go to quince.com slash kelsey for free shipping on your order in 365 day returns that's q u i n c e dot com slash kelsey to get free shipping and 365 day returns Quince.com slash Kelsey. Are you looking to cut back on alcohol this year? (laughs) You are talking to two sober Sally's. You know, Zach and I love to drink recess zero proof craft mocktails because it's a guilt-free way to unwind. It has 0% alcohol made with real fruit, only 25 calories or less, and it is sweetened with agave because y'all know I got that sugar addiction. It has incredible flavors. One of my favorites is the grapefruit Paloma. The Paloma is actually one of the last drinks I was drinking when I was drinking alcohol. So this is like a nice little nostalgia moment and it still feels really fun in my hand. And there's no reason we should be missing out on the partying either. It's such a good replacement for alcohol, a great drink for having in between alcoholic drinks, unwinding at home, at dinner parties, chilling on the couch. It is endless. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Um, so psilocybin, uh, even marijuana, a lot of people use that to kind of keep us present, keep us calm, right? Our mm. system can be overloaded. And then there's also ketamine treatment has been super beneficial for many of my patients over the years. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, it's been legalized and used as treatment for a long time uh, for my extremely suicidal patients. Mm-hmm. And usually you have to go in for an infusion. Mm-hmm. It's very time consuming and that's been it's the- expensive. It's super expensive. Yeah. And that's been what's kind of held some of my patients back from taking the leap is that you have to go in so many times a week mm-hmm. and it's 30 minutes or an hour each time. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I forget who it is. I think it's Jansen came out with like a nasal spray ketamine treatment for what? depression slash. Uh-huh. That's big time. Yeah. So it's there's FDA approved. FDA approved. I think Holy it was, came out two or three years ago. Something like wow. that. Yeah. And now ketamine is created, right? It's not a natural substance like weed or psilocybin, I think is like the other caveat to people being like, well, it's still chemically. Uh, it is. It, yeah. Because yes. yeah. it was a tranquilizer is how it came to be. Or for those tranquilizer. <laughs> yeah. But just like anything, it's like Viagra was created as a, yeah. a heart medication. And then they're like, yeah. wow, guys got boners. Look at what, <laughs> yeah. Like we don't, we don't need to want to judge the history of how it got here. The point is it's helping a ton of people. Exactly. Um, but then there's and, other treatments yeah. too. Real quick. There's two more yeah, please. that I want people to know about. One is vagus nerve stimulation. Um, yes. That if you guys don't know, your vagus nerve runs essentially all over your body, but it runs up and down the sides of your neck. And there are things you could do. I even have a video about like how to stimulate it on your own, but there are uh, implants you can get kind of around your collarbone that automatically continues to stimulate your vagus nerve. 
I had a patient in the hospital who was suicidal for years and years. We could not find resolution. She'd done everything from, you know, ECT, electroconvulsive therapy, if you guys don't know what that is. Um, I don't really recommend that as much as kind of more emergency treatment. But everything and nothing would work. And this vagus nerve stimulation, otherwise called VNS treatment, was super helpful. So it's something to potentially look into. And then another one is the stellate ganglion block. (gasps) I've had so, one of those. You did? You had the injection? How did it I work? I had. Oh, tell, my God. Well, tell. I did it. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But when you said that, I can't believe someone else knows the fucking term. It, whenever I have to explain what it is, people are like, you're speaking gibberish to me. But yeah. I did it for for pain. So I did oh, yes. three where I went under, like where mm-hmm. I was in a hospital. And they went under and they did it, which one of them, the third one made it worse, the pain worse. And the doctor mm-hmm. was like, at this point, we won't keep going because we know it's not going to work. Like it would either yeah. work on the second or third try. And then the second time I did it, they, oh, I was awake and they went up through my fucking nose. Oh, you're kidding. Get it into the back of, like, I can't even show you where they went because it's in the middle of my head, essentially. Mm-hmm. And oh, I grabbed the doctor's hand and I like yanked his hand out of my like face because he didn't. He didn't like tell you what he was going to do. Like yeah. he said, we're going to go up in there and then we're going to spray this injection on the nerve and that should help. Da, 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 da. The pain was like, it, like it felt like an ice pick in my, my brain. And I was like, absolutely not. So Why I never, num- that's crazy. I know. So I never got the full effect of that second one, but I did do three of the going under one, but how the fuck does it relate to trauma? What the fuck? I know. So it's been around since the twenties for pain and um other nerve issues right which usually includes pain but for some people also like swallowing and things the muscles so the stellate ganglion is a nerve and again i'm not a neurologist so this is like basic understanding from a therapist to talk to a patient about it so they can go be assessed yeah yeah yeah. so there is a nerve that runs down um around your neck and kind of into your chest a little bit and they find that those who have been traumatized, especially repeatedly, which we would call complex PTSD or CPTSD, mm-hmm. have like a whole tree. Like this nerve has just grown roots and it is like like spreading through your body. And they find that the more roots this has, the worse the symptoms are. Mm-hmm. And when you do wow. stellate ganglion block, it essentially cuts off those roots and they die. And wouldn't you know, um, some of my viewers have had it done and hypervigilance down. Uh, feeling completely impulsive and overwhelmed by emotion, those symptoms go down. So a lot of the PTSD symptoms can be resolved. Now, again, I always recommend these treatments with therapy, you know, because it gives you the best outcome. Yeah. But if we know a lot of those symptoms are coming from our nervous system specifically, which Mm. I I know is, you know, as a therapist, I know like fight, flight, freeze is what can kind of fuck us up for a long, you know, it's helpful, but also hurtful. Right. If we can shrink that nerve, um, it's usually one or two treatments, but sometimes three. Um, again, see a neurologist, get assessed, yeah. but yeah. it they find resolution. And they don't fully mm. understand why, just mm. like anything nerve-related, but yeah. they just assume that the growth of those nerves is actually what ends up giving us those horrific symptoms. Shit. <laughs> because, like, my, my, my very weird, rare... Uh, nerve injury is impossible to like physically see they can only go based on like the symptoms the numbness in my face the nerve injury like the actual jaw surgeries that I've had and like they I'm always asking myself I'm like where the fuck is Elon Musk like why can't he invent something that regrows nerves in like a healthy way but Mm -hmm. I didn't realize like re regenerating nerves could contain like creating more snapses essentially would create more symptoms which totally fucking makes sense yeah but you just don't think about it that way do you know what i mean we never talk about nerves as they like grow all wild and crazy (laughs) right or like how they pertain to mental health when i think of nerve Mm -hmm. i think of pain so i'm never thinking of of it as like the vagus nerve being something that is continuing continually stimulating that fight or flight response or like the being calm response yeah Um, i want to ask you about um hips and trauma Mm -hmm. because if there's one thing i've seen on tiktok it is that women especially carry all their fucking trauma in their hips and that doing like so as releasing um exercises can like make people like lose their shit and like in a good way release Mm -hmm. um trauma but like can you 
talk about all of that because it sounds probably very confusing to anyone who's like what the fuck are you talking about yeah well I'm, I'm a huge yoga fan and they're always like they talk about how you hold your anger and your pain in your hips and like stretching them out is really important and if you think about it just from a like a logical perspective if we were going to protect ourselves what would we do we'd curl into a ball you'd pull your legs up into yourself right you'd use those muscles to fetal position yeah. yeah yeah exactly and there's a, a ton of research if people want to really get nerdy with it you can go learn about dr peter levine and somatic experiencing Ooh, so yes. somatic experience is essentially like healing through movement and talking about the nervous system when we are uh, pushed into our stress response so something happens and we feel extremely overwhelmed and we go into fight flight mm. and everybody's heard of fight or flight yeah. it's when our amygdala sounds the alarm in our brain and it shuts off our prefrontal cortex now our prefrontal cortex is like kind of the adult or responsible organized part of us yeah it's like responsible for us to like thinking out five steps in advance and like what right. do we want to do that's offline yeah. so we're just in impulse mode we're just making yeah. decisions doing things quickly now when we're stuck in that for a long period of time we get symptoms of ptsd right, right. and and peter levine was out at a safari on vacation in africa and he was like so these gazelles get chased by predators all day long yeah they fast. yet they don't show any signs of ptsd they don't like oh. try to fight with each other they're not hyper vigilant they just like oh we heard something graceful. we run they're very graceful and they they just flight so easily right they run away and he noticed that when they got to safety in like a little cove they do these full body shakes and we've all Stop. seen animals do it really and that shake he believes completes the stress response meaning when we get it pushed into fight or flight and we can actually take movement to uh -huh. get rid of that we release that energy right. but as humans when we don't feel that we can fight or run away we freeze and right. it's in the freeze state that he believed trauma was born and so he did a bunch of research he came back to the states and he was like oh my god i have to try this out and so he had a bunch of people uh do these body shakes yeah. and movements to help them release that stress and that fight flight uh, energy and ptsd symptoms went down and so <sighs> i'm not i don't specialize in somatic experience and it goes way deeper than that like but i've seen it help fucking people big time. yeah and i think that is why the hips and moving in certain ways and stretching out certain parts of our body i've been telling people during covid and i've been doing it personally is just take a body shake in the middle of the day like for 20 seconds you right. just really shake out like a dog out of the bath you know from the top yeah. of your head to the bottom right. of your feet and yes it's okay to get out of breath i do too it's very yeah. it's a lot of movement <laughs> but it really feels good and if i because i'm more of the anxious type too if i go try to lay down to go to bed and my brain's like what about this do you think about this mm -hmm. oh my god you're so mm -hmm. stupid why'd you do that no, yeah. i get up <laughs> i shake out and i feel better and it sounds it's, weird and it yeah. looks weird but it works but it, it's also like where do you think that term like it's i'm so bottled up or like i'm keeping all my emotions bottled up it's like you got to mm -hmm. be like a soda and fizz shake get that shit out like yeah um, it's so, so pressured yeah but, there's so know? there's so many mental um illness or like you know mental management that applies to that like i'm even thinking just even like about depression is like you don't want to move like your body's physically telling you the opposite which like mm -hmm. makes a lot of fucking sense or like with psychosis it feels like there's like a cap that's like burst off the top and there's all this like blah, 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 energy blah, blah, blah. like it makes so much sense that I mean, it always fucking goes back to this, that like the mind and body have to be treated as one thing. And like, yeah, hello, that's all <laughs> I fucking do. I'm sure you two are also like just preaching, preaching, preaching about treating the body as a whole. We can't just focus on like this one specific thing. And I think with like trauma specifically, people might be anti-treatment because they're like, I'm not trying to relive this experience or like I finally got over that thing or like, like for me, it was the surgery that gave me my chronic pain. And of in my head, I think I've let it go. Like, I feel like I've been like, I'm never going to get the apology from the doctor. So I must forgive and move on. And like, but truly in my fucking bones, baby, in my yeah. bones, there's still so much anger and frustration. And like, I think with 
thinking about trauma at big T or little T, we don't even want to fucking go there. Well, it feels overwhelming, right? Yeah. It's scary. Especially that's the interesting thing about anger specifically, because as a person who's, I don't like anger either. Yeah. Anti-confrontation. Don't like confrontation. Makes me super stressed out. I get really anxious. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then even if I do get angry, I cry. And then I'm like, God damn it. Why am I crying? I'm I'm actually really mad. Yeah. So, but we do as people in general, we need to figure out healthy ways to express anger and know that anger is just as good and just as healthy and happy for us as like excitement or joy. And not to mention, I do want to throw this out there. If anybody else out there is, has struggled with the positive, what we'd call, I don't like to call them positive or negative, but I'm using air quotes for those listening, sure. the positive emotions like happiness, joy, yeah, those sure. can feel just as scary. I'm not here to tell you that they can't, but a lot of my, especially my trauma patients or will tell me that they were, they like are waiting for the next shoe to drop. Right. So if, if I feel good, wait, how long, when am I going to feel terrible? Cause I'd assume that will happen. Yeah. And it feels just as uneasy, Mm -hmm. but we need to find healthy ways to express anger, healthy ways to talk about anger. Um, I, I mean, honestly, I used to write like nasty letters that I never give and just tear them up and I can't type them. It doesn't work as well. I have nope, to write them you out physically and write it. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, even just screaming some angry music in your car, mm-hmm. uh, any way that you can get it out because anger is usually a secondary emotion, hiding mm-hmm. something else, right? Meaning mm-hmm. it's hiding our, our, usually it's mm-hmm. hurt or pain, yeah. right? It's cause it's, mm-hmm. it, I call it puffer fishing, right? Anger is puffer fishing. I'm yeah. like, I protect yeah I spikes. Spines up. yeah yeah you get away i'm very angry but really inside we're just like sad and yeah just these little like baby blobs in there just want to be held and like mothered yeah. or whatever yeah All soft and squishy yeah so yeah i think finding a healthy way to express anger would benefit us all myself yeah. included. yeah and i think there's like i mean you talk about the uh, waiting for the other shoe to drop like it, it reminded me that there are some people i've run into in my life especially like when you talk about Facebook groups and stuff I'm a part of a lot of these like chronic pain management or like you know my diagnosis specific management and there are some people in there who have made and this always sounds like shit to say like there's no nice way to say this without sounding like I'm judging someone and maybe judgment is like something I see in that person that I hate about myself blah 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 I fucking know but I feel (laughs) like I see some people who make their trauma their entire fucking identity Mm. and I think there's a difference between advocacy and allyship and like education and and having that amazing like platform to do stuff like that we do and like you know there's a there's like a I don't even know what the word is but I see some people where I'm like do you want to get better like do you want Mm. to heal and that's a shitty thing to fucking say because here I am still in pain and like still not forgiving you know the doctor that sure but like I feel like I've been able to find other things in my life that represent who I am. Do you mm-hmm. ever notice that like once something traumatizing has happened to someone, it becomes their entire life and identity and how we can maybe show more compassion to those people? This is a personal question. Clearly I'm struggling with showing compassion to these kinds of people. <laughs> no, but I think it, it's, it's very, it differs from person to person. So there's people like you who are like, yeah, I'm still in it, but like it, it doesn't define who I right. am. It's a part right. of who I am. Right. And I think for some people, especially long-term trauma patients, people who maybe don't know a life without trauma, like from childhood to now, they've had all these repeated traumas. It can be really difficult for us at that point to think of ourselves in any other way other than as like a victim or as someone going through trauma. And I always encourage my my viewers and my patients alike is to not take a diagnosis as who you are. It's just Mm -hmm. part of who you are. Like you it's just like a job or, you know, a hobby. We all have these different parts to ourselves and what makes us who we are. And I don't think that we have to pretend it didn't exist. That's not healthy either. But in the same way, pretending it doesn't exist, isn't healthy. Focusing 100% of our energy on it isn't healthy either. And so I think, honestly, it's it's difficult because I understand where you're coming from, like how you offer compassion. I think Uh it's more about uh, listening to them and then encouraging them to do to take some action mm-hmm. that's positive and mm-hmm. if they aren't open to it then know that that is just a what i would call a black hole meaning like an emotional vampire mm. that's someone who maybe because i mean i struggle with this in my online community all the time we'll have people that just aren't ready yet 
you know, and I'm like, hey, come back around when you're ready. Or you can listen from the sidelines. But if you're asking for help and then people offer it and you're not willing to accept mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. that's like an effort and futility for those of it's an energy suck. Right. 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 And so, I, I mean, I guess it'd be my best advice is to either just be more particular about who you talk to. Yeah. You know, and then because yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. We all get to decide yeah. who we want to are in our oh, sphere. Yeah. Yeah. And then second is like, you can offer support if they want it. And if they don't mm-hmm. just know that you don't have to engage because they're not ready right. yet. They're just, yeah. they just need some time. They're just, you know, kind of wallflowers watching yeah. from the peripheral because they can't, mm-hmm. they can't separate it yet. Yeah. It is. That's why, I mean, I specialize in eating disorders and self-injury mm-hmm. work. And I'm always encouraging people to like talk about their eating disorder. It's right. not them. It's this right. nasty negative voice or it's, you know, it's, it's the shit talking part of ourselves. that just puts yeah. us down, like seeing it as separate, I think is the most helpful and for us to be able to work through it and move past. Yeah. Wow. God, you have me. I'm like, I, I feel like I'm watching someone else's podcast. I'm like, just listening to you. Like, <laughs> normally I'm so focused on like, okay, where am I going to turn this question into the, or the, but I'm just like, my mouth is a little bit open and I just feel like I'm learning so much. I'm like, Oh my God, what is the book going to be like? I mean, like, Holy shit. Um, I know we're running out of time, but I want to ask one question. Maybe it's not the best one to land on, but whatever. Um, this podcast isn't perfect. How much, um, like how many excuses do we allow people with trauma to give us and i don't mean excuses because they're not excuses but like how long do we allow either toxic behavior or like Mm. hurting themselves or hurting the relationship like how much do we allow how much room do we allow how much of that third nasty piece of like the relationship do we allow in people's lives who have experienced trauma before we get to go like you know what yeah i need to protect myself like is there a level that we should feel or I mean, it's, I wish there's like a number I could put on it and be like, yeah. they get two times yeah, I know. <laughs> and then you're like, no, yeah. um, it's more, it's more like if they're working at it and they're mm-hmm. communicating with you, then that that's their effort. And you need to see mm-hmm. that effort. Mm-hmm. And I know people out there are like, well, I can't even talk about it. Bring them into therapy, write mm-hmm. them a letter. There are more ways to communicate than just through talking in right. a conversation. You know, if you can't right. get yourself up to do that let's enlist some of these other supports. So if we find that they're, they're doing their best and they're trying to get better, that is Mm -hmm. key. That's the first component. Then the second is you as a person get to decide who, who you'll allow in your life and for how long. And that, that doesn't, that doesn't make you a bad person. That doesn't make the person with the trauma, a bad person that I I talked about this in, are you okay? Or it's like, it could just be a bad recipe, right? Mm. It just doesn't work. I'm not Mm. at a place in my life where I can handle all of this. And you're not Mm -hmm. at a place in your life where you can move past it. So it's, you know, we're at this point. And I think sometimes taking breaks from relationships or distancing ourselves is the healthiest thing we can do for both parties. And there's nothing wrong with it on either side. As long as we try to communicate, I'm always encouraging people over communicate. So if you have a friend who's really suffering and you feel like they're a black hole, right? Mm that you're you're giving all the advice you've you've read all the books yep. you're doing mm-hmm. your best you're into groups mm-hmm. and, and reddit yep. threads yeah and then yep. you come to them and you're like i heard about this and they just like put everything down don't try mm-hmm. it then you need to say to them hey i'm trying my best to be supportive how can i do that because what i'm doing doesn't seem to be working mm-hmm. and i don't know how much longer i can do that Whew. yeah i know it's heavy i know it's hard but it's but true and the, the non-confrontational people yeah. that we are, ghosting isn't the best. Let's no, be no, and but it we ends up would rather do anxiety. <laughs> yeah, we'd rather do that than the, just ask someone what we can do to mm-hmm. help. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you that the stress of having that conversation mm-hmm. will maybe last a couple of days, but the anxiety of just ghosting will go on for months mm-hmm. and months. So I just always say that the anticipation yourself... is worse than the actual thing. I promise you. <laughs> and then it's done. Then you've yeah. done it versus mm-hmm. the the build of ghosting where you're like, oh, and they oh they texted. Oh, mm-hmm. we get why stress yourself out more. No. Yeah, talk to people. Speak your truth. Yeah, yeah. Let them know I'm trying my best, and always ask people how you best can help. We make a lot right. of assumptions mm-hmm. out through our own lens. Mm-hmm. Let them tell you, and then yeah. if you're able to give that, give that. If you're not, let yep. them know. Mm. You know, that's so important. And then just holding that boundary. And this is the hardest thing my audience tells mm. me. And I know personally it's the hardest. But once you've told them, hey, you know, I can't be a dumping ground for this anymore. I'm, f- I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm working on myself. I love you, but I can't kind of, you know, mm-hmm. 
then when they come to you and try to do it again, because they'll probably forget because they're human too, mm-hmm. then we have to say, hey, remember, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I'm going to hang up. I love you, mm-hmm. but I can't be this par- yeah. person for you anymore. Yeah. And I know that that's hard. And I know other people who are hurting, it's going to yeah. be hurtful. Yeah. But if someone can't do it, they can't do it. Mm-hmm. And we have to protect ourselves yes. and others because what this ends up leading up to is either like the ghosting or yeah. maybe an outburst where we say things we don't mean and we get angry. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we just, if we'd communicate more with each other, we'd have a lot less yeah. pain and hurt and toxic yeah. relationships. And I think too, like maybe this is a better wrap up than like people suck out there, but there's like, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people will, my mind immediately went to like serial killers. I'm like, oh, (laughs) serial killers like went through so much, like they were traumatized, like hurt people, hurt people. Right. Or like, you know, I'm thinking of, of some friends, parents who went through like really traumatic childhoods and that's why they're shitty parents. And like my friends have to be the ones to break the cycle or whatever. And I feel like the overarching message, even if like this book wouldn't exactly particularly apply to your personal situation is like educating yourself on it. Cause to Mm -hmm. even be able to recognize it and call it out and like be able to have that conversation with someone about trauma, even if they're like, I'm fine. I don't have trauma. What are you talking about? Like my mother beating the shit out of me as a child wasn't like, it didn't affect me. I became stronger of it. Like that generation is like what I'm thinking of. Even just taking that step to like show you care enough to to educate yourself to me would like allow me to sleep better at night, you know, to be able to be yeah. like, I did everything I could, or like I'm doing everything I could and knowing that like people change and they have to 100%. Change yeah. Yeah. And I think in general, we all suffer from the human condition. The more we can learn about it and learn about ourselves, the better, right? Cause it can make us not only more compassionate to other people in relationships with, but also to ourselves, which I think mm. ends up oozing out into our relationships, right? Mm -hmm. How we talk to ourselves slowly Mm -hmm. erodes and can be good or bad and, Mm -hmm. you know, cause all sorts of other issues. Yeah. That was, uh, that was the quickest 50 minute podcast I've ever done. Like I said, I literally was just watching like, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, can you please tell us, uh, and the confidants where we can get your book? Yes. um, (laughs) Uh, it's called traumatized by Katie Morton and you can find it anywhere books are sold. Uh, there's links in all of my social descriptions too if you just want to click over and you know below it's, here and it's all just katie morton you can find me um and it also the audiobook will be available in kindle and all those kinds of versions oh i'm i'm such an audiobook whore right now because like i'm i'm finding my adhd impossible to just sit still and so i find that even if i'm just like literally walking back and forth in my living room i can at least be like learning while i'm doing so yeah so I great multitasking yeah especially <laughs> if you're someone like me that's like ah, i don't know if i can like sit down for an hour put those fucking headphones in baby listen and you're mm-hmm. i'm sure i've never done an audiobook because mine was a workbook so i couldn't do oh, like, yeah, yeah and now you would write a space here for yeah you know, whatever yeah but I'm just, I'm obsessed with listening to you. I could, I could probably finish that book in a day. (laughs) I'm very excited. And it comes out September 7th. Yep. Yep. Boop, boop. I love that. All right. Katie Morton, thank you so much uh, for being on this podcast and talking about such a fantastic subject so eloquently. It's always fun to talk about mental health with other people who are like just as obsessed as I am with talking about mental health. So I so appreciate you. Um, Don't forget, you can follow Katie in all the links below. Definitely check out her book. Don't forget to rate this podcast five stars. If it's not five stars, please don't rate it. I'm very sensitive. And we will see you 